on the tee from the United States of America, the Back Nine Bros, starting in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody. It is the Back Nine Bros. This is Bo, and I'm back here with Polv. Just going to be us two this week. Um, Looks like Soul has some has some stuff to get to tonight. So just pull in the bow, but we got a lot to get to. We got the players. We have the Honda Classic this week and quite a few storylines from the players. So let's hop right into it. First off, JT with the win played tremendously on Sunday. I think he hit 17 greens and the only one he missed was the 18th, which he was like an inch off the green. On the fringe, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Obviously, this guy has the talent on Sundays. He thrives in the pressure. What do you think, Paul? What do you think of his performance? Um, yeah, well, on Sunday, go, Sunday morning, I, I said, um, said to some of my buddies, and I, I said, you know, JT's going to come out with the victory today. I knew it right from the start, Mike. I knew Westwood wasn't going to hold. Um, I mean, he came close. So I give him credit. He was hanging in there, but I just knew that his the putter was going to let him down. Um you know, the ball striking from Westwood standpoint was a little shakier than it was um, the previous week at Bay Hill, which was a surprise. But, you know, and DeChambeau, it's, it's, it's hard to win two back-to-back weeks. So, you know, and, and JT, I know, really wanted this tournament. So it was, you know, definitely one for where he was, he was working his butt off in, in the end. And he, he proved that he's hit some miraculous golf shots uh, coming down the stretch there. Um those, those second shots he hit into some of the par fives this week were just outstanding, though. And, you know, he just all week, you could just tell he was in form, except for day one. But, I mean, other than that, he really looked pretty solid. I mean, over the weekend, 64-68, I mean, that's, that's pretty – at TPC Sawgrass, that's, that's pretty tremendous. I mean, you've played there, Bo. What are your uh, – what was it like? Talk to the, to the listeners a little about uh, the test. Well, yeah, well said on your end, but – that place, you know, TV doesn't do it justice. Obviously, it looks great. You can see how aesthetically pleasing it is. But it is so much harder in person than, than what it appears on TV. There's so many little subtle mounds and ditches that your ball might go into. And I played it a few years ago, and I got beaten up. It is brutal. But going back to your point earlier, just about how JT was able to hit so many different shots around the course, which it does require because, you know, unlike some courses on tour, you can't be just a fader or just a drawer. You have to be able to work it both ways, hit it high, hit it low. Um, and I think that's the beauty of Sawgrass. But going back to JT, like he deserved to win because if you go and look at some of his shots he hit, he was basically working the ball every which way. So, for example, that 15T, he absolutely destroyed it. So he, he, had the, he had the bombs going. And then the next tee shot, he hits this little low sliding draw that carried, I think, 230 or 240, and it – it totaled just under 300. And then the shot right after that, he hits this high five wood cut. So his game was just under, it was, it was perfect. I mean, his swing, I'm sure it was dialed in. Um, and it was quite shocking. Honestly, you talked about Bryce and you talked about Westwood and that's kind of become an, an unexpected rivalry. And on the fourth tee, when, when those two guys kind of looked like mere mortals out there, I was shocked um, and I think that was the turning point for JT. Obviously, he wasn't in that group. He didn't know what happened until, you know, a couple holes later when he saw a leaderboard. 
but you could kind of feel the momentum shifting. JT was so on his game, hitting fairways, hitting greens, um, and he, he deserved to win. I mean, when you hit it that well, when you make a few putts, um, and he has ice in his veins, that dude is just a stone-cold killer. Yeah, no, you, you said it right there. And, you know, it was that going back to that fourth tee, it was very interesting because, like, right when Bryson hit it, to be honest, I thought there was just a mistake in the shot tracker. I couldn't see that he actually yeah, cold yeah, popped it. I, I mean, agree. It was, you know, but it just it, – it really shows us that these guys are all human and, you know, it, it's – they're not they're not machines or robots out here. So it's – you know, these things do happen. He got an unlucky break. And then, you know, that second shot he tried to hit after he took the drop. I mean, I don't know what happened there. It was kind of like almost a shank it looked like, but – and you know what's crazy, like for the for the am, for the normal amateur out there, you have a hole like this, and you you write down a nine or or a ten on the scorecard, and Bryson still made a double. So right. like, yeah, right. it was it was it was obviously ugly. It wasn't exactly how he how he uh, wrote it up, but definitely still not got a out bad of there with six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> after a C shot, I bet if you told him he's going to make a six, he wouldn't be too unhappy with that. But you know, it it shows you he has grit. And you take that six away, you, you make it a four, he's going to play off with JT, assuming, you know, everything the rest right, of the day. Right, honestly, did. honestly, I think if he made a four in that hole and that hole didn't happen, I think he would have won the golf tournament straight out. I think yeah, he won yeah. I think he would have kept that momentum, especially with Westwood going in the water. Yeah, and well, with Westwood, I think that – I don't even – I don't know if Westwood would have hit that shot if he had seen what just occurred with Bryson. I mean, you know, it's hard to – it's really hard to – hit a good shot after you see such a terrible shot. I mean, visually you want to see good shots out there. And, you know, like when I'm out there playing with hack golfers, it's hard for me to keep my focus and hit good shots. But when I'm playing with good players, I see those good shots. So it's much easier for me to, to get the result I want. Yeah. And then moving to the other end of the spectrum, we had Rory who just, he, he laid an oh, egg this was, week. That I was mean, awful. Uh, yeah, I checked the leaderboard about an hour into the first round, a couple hours in, and I saw he made an eight on 18. And I don't know what's up with this game right now. I, I know he got interviewed after round two, and he said chasing a bit of distance, you know, worked against him. But he just seems lost. Um, I think we'll get it back. He's Roy McIlroy. For the past few years, he's gone through these stretches where he's been the best player in the world and then where he's looked like he's the 50th ranked player in the world. So... Yeah, definitely a surprise, and especially for a guy who's defending. Um, and I'm not sure what you think about his game and if he's, if he's trending in the right direction or the, or the wrong direction, but I was a bit shocked to see how poorly he played. I mean, he was, he was almost in DFL. I mean, he was crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's – look, he's – he won here, and, you know, he's been he's had a little rough patch he's going through, but it just seems like mentally he's not – He's not all there right now with this game. And, you know, it seems like he's, he's trying to force things out there. And it's just when you do that and you don't let things play out, that's, that's when things go awry. I mean, on that back nine, JT was very patient. You have to be very patient to play in these tournaments and these events, um, you know, with such rigorous conditions um, out here on, on a tough test of golf courses. And, you know, Rory, when he's trying to force things, when anyone's trying to force things, that's when you get into trouble. And, but, you know, you see JT and even Westwood, I mean, for the most part, they were pretty patient out there and um, stood their ground. And, and, you know, that's why they were successful. 
Yeah, I like based on what I was seeing from Westwood on the front nine, when they kind of panned to him on the back nine and he was still just one shot back, tied for the lead, it didn't shock me, but I was kind of like, wow, you know, it seems like this guy has given away so many shots and he's still sticking right there. Um, but And you mentioned his putting, how it was a bit shaky. And when they when they showed the, the view of his stroke from behind, it did not look good at all. It looked yippy. So, it looked really yeah, yippy. It, it looks just... really 100%. You, you're spot on. But, you know, for the most part, he got the ball in the hole. And who knows what what, what would have happened if he made that put on the 17. So, yeah. I mean, credits to him. Back-to-back second places with, I don't know what he is, 47, 48 years old. So, yeah, turn um, 48 uh, next month, I believe. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he's he's come to play the last few weeks. But um, I don't know what you thought about this, but the PGA had mics and cameras on every shot and every player. So there are a couple stories to come out of that. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the the Jordan Spieth, um, Morikawa, Rory Sabatini story. Did not. So what I heard was, I'm not sure which day of the tournament it was, but Spieth and Morikawa were playing together. And Morikawa hit up into the group ahead of them, and it happened to be Sabatini. And apparently Sabatini's a pretty, you know, gloomy guy. He's not friends yeah. with anybody on tour. So 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 apparently he, he looks back at at the group, gives them a you know, gives him the side eye or whatnot. And so Jordan steps up, he hits his T ball, and, and mind you, I'm sure these T balls were twenty yards behind Sabatini. But anyway, Jordan does the same thing, and Sabatini steps up to his ball in the fairway, and he misses the green or something, and he looks back, and he gives this, this angry look again at, at, the, uh, at Colin and, and Jordan. And then you could hear Jordan on the, uh, on the hot mic, and he was like, yeah, buddy, I'm the reason you hit that bad shot. And then Morikawa chimed in, and he's like, I think he's got a thing for my girl. So obviously a little bit of banter on tour. Um, wow. I'm sure Sabatini didn't like – any of that going public, but it's funny to see, you know, Morikawa and Spieth especially too seem like two guys that get so wrapped up in their rounds. And so to see them kind of chuckling around and, and making fun of another player is, is different and it's pretty entertaining for us uh, viewers. Yeah, no, it's good to see Jordan Spieth having some fun out there. You know, it's been, it's like we said, the past years a struggle for him and, you know, it's, it's great to see him, you know, enjoying golf again, you know, it's been, you know, it's been a while since we've seen that smile on Jordan's face, walking the fairways confidently. And, um, you know, unfortunately it wasn't the best of weeks for him or Morikawa, but, um, you know, they both got a paycheck this week and, um, you know, Jordan, this is another week. I think what he finished T24 or something like that. Um, he was, uh, T48. T48. Oh, he had a rough Sunday. Yeah, he had a rough Sunday. Right, what do you finish yeah, at? But... Minus one? Minus one, yes. Minus so he one, was three yeah. over Sunday, but you know, not still another made cut. So he's yeah. trending in the right direction, as we've been saying for the last month or so. Yeah, I mean, definitely trending in the right direction. I mean, that, unlike another guy we usually talk about, Ricky Fowler, who's trending in the complete opposite direction. I mean, it's just it's just so disappointing to see. I mean, another missed cut for Ricky. At a place where he has success at, um, you know, winner here and generally plays well, but, you know, we'll see next week. He plays well at Honda as well. So, I mean, hopefully he needs something maybe because if he wants to make the Masters, he's got to make something happen real soon. 
yeah, I think he needs a win pretty much. Pretty much, now yeah. And then. yeah. So he's basically fallen off the face of the earth. Um, he's still Ricky Fowler, so you never know. He could still make a resurgence. But I don't know. With how he's, he's looking right now, I just don't see it. I think you feel the same way. Um, you know? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but, I mean, it just – you know, he's – he's just not the same player as he was. I mean, his putting is, it's not, he's not all confident with that. And his, his driving is really costing him, I think. And he's, he's making, it looks like he's making a double, at least one double bogey around. That's the real issue. Yeah. I mean, it's just that. I mean, you can't count him out yet just cause he's, I don't know what he is. He's still probably young to mid thirties. So, I mean, he's still Ricky Fowler. He's still uh, in what some would consider golf prime years right but yeah i mean like you said he's just he's not the ricky fowler we know of the past um he's not no you know he was never a a guy who was going to go out and win five times a year i think he only has five pga tour wins matter of fact but he was a guy that week in and week out you'd see his name up on the leaderboard whether it be contending for the win and coming in second or third place or being you know in 10th to 15th place he was kind of always up there so um it would be weird to have a Masters without Ricky, uh, but right now it looks like it's going to be the reality. Yeah, yeah. Well, wish, Ricky, we wish you all the best in the next coming weeks and trying to sneak into that Augusta field. Um, but moving on from the players to the next Florida event, a little further south in Palm Beach Gardens, the Honda. So, yeah. Oh, this I'm is, hyped for this week. This is one of me and you, our favorite events of the year, probably. Um, we got the we got the uh, chance to play it a few years back. Um, very fun experience that was. That's probably in my top, definitely in my top ten favorite courses ever played. Love that place. So pure, everything about it. Um, Bear Trap is just so awesome. True test of golf. And, you know, it's just so fun watching those guys because especially when it's windy out, those guys are struggling. And sometimes, like in past years, that like when it's really windy, it sometimes plays like a major out there. So, you know, it's – I think the final score last year was minus six or something like that. Yeah, I think Sung Jae won at minus yep. six. Yeah. So, uh, it's always a tough one. Like you said, when the wind gets going there, it's one of the hardest on tour. Um, and – I like the California swing better than the Florida swing, but the beauty of the Florida swing is, you know, aside from some years at Bay Hill, all the courses play really hard. Sawgrass is a true test. And obviously Honda classic is as tough as it gets. So it's going to be a good week, another pretty good field. And if you look at the, the leaderboard from 2020 T4 Lee Westwood. So this guy's hot. He, this is, you know, a place he's familiar with. He seems to play well in Florida. Maybe it's just, you know, he's accustomed to it, but he's a Florida guy, so he's a guy to look out for. Um, but, yeah, like you said, we had the chance to play it a couple of years ago. That place is pristine. Um, definitely one of the best facilities, one of the best courses on tour. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch a little golf and, you know, going to be a good week. Who are you, uh, who are you picking? Um, you know, I I like a lot of guys this week. I mean, I really like Daniel Berger. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to be a good one, um, for sure. I mean, I, I, I want to see Luke Donald play well, my guy, Luke, um, LD, you know, I think he's somewhat really working hard at his game and getting back in form. You know, he was in the second to last group 
last year in this. Didn't have the best Sunday, finished tied for 11th. But, you know, this is a course he loves. He's won this event back in 2006, and he's got great um, results here in the past. So I just, you know, he's a local guy for the for this event. And, you know, I think this is the type of event he needs to really get himself jump-started and back on the upward trajectory if he wants to start seeing some success. So I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play well. I mean, I could see Lee Westwood again playing really well. Um, you know, um, Fowler, I really want to say, I, I want to see, I really want to see him perform. I, I just, I just don't know if I can pick him. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. a, I, I really do. You know, I, another you know, guy I really like is Zach Johnson. I think this yeah. is a good course for him. Um, you know, he made the cut last week and Zach Johnson's been struggling as of recent years, but you know, this is a good course for him. You have to be a good um, ball striker and place your tee shots very precisely. So I think he could play well here. Um, you know, another guy I like is Matt Wallace. I think I could see him playing well here. Um, the Brit. Um, That's a good pick right there. Yeah. I, th I, I like think, that. He, yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be something this week. Um, you know, I, you never know if Joaquin Neiman can do something special too. Um, there's just, there's a whole plethora of guys we could choose from. I mean, even Ian Poulter. I mean, he plays well here. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a big Florida guy. Did you see that the Lake Nona video he just put out? I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> so maybe he'll, he'll take out his anger on PGA national. Yeah. But uh, I think some of those are some good picks. You're right. It definitely would be nice to see a guy like Luke Donald play well. Um, you know, he still has the game. You just got to put it together. But uh, I think I'm going to go with some young guns this week. I think Will Gordon is going to have a good week. Will so, Gordon. Uh, wow, okay. Will Gordon. You know, we've seen a little bit of him on tour over the past year or so. But a Vandy kid, he has a lot of game. Um, and, you know, from what I've seen, he's always played well. Uh, obviously, I, I don't see all of his performances. But I think he's bound to have a good week. I just got that, that gut feeling in my stomach. Um, and my other pick is going to be Bo Hostler. I know he's really struggled the past couple of years, but um, I, I think he had a good finish a couple of weeks ago, whether it was at Bay Hill or uh, one of the West Coast tournaments. But I think he'll perform this week. Um, he's got a, a solid group with uh, Russell Henley and, and Varner. Or sorry, um, with, uh, yeah, with Russell Henley and Varner. So, uh, oh, no, I'm mistaken. He's playing with Martin Keimer. So maybe a major champion will, will pump him up. Um, but you know, LA kid, he's always rocking the, uh, actually, I don't think he's an LA kid, but he's always rocking the Dodgers stuff. So maybe that'll bring him some good luck, but going back to your Ricky point, he's playing with some ex champions. He's got Keith Mitchell and Sug Jay with him this week. So maybe that'll give him a little jolt. He needs to uh, perform well at this point. I, I don't know what to say about Ricky. I'm kind of lost whether he's going to put up a good week or whether he's going to keep emceeing. So yeah. We'll see. You know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting this week. I think that um, or I haven't checked the radar, but I'm really hoping that the weather is brutal because you know, when this too. course. Yeah. yeah. When this course is tough, it's it's pretty fun to watch. It makes us feel a little bit more uh, a little bit better about our games just because those guys out on tour seem, you know, human. Um, and my last guy to watch is Wesley Bryan. He's he's 
I think he's been injured and been struggling yeah. the past few years as well. But uh, he's a Southeast kid, so you never know. He's used to those grainy lies. Hopefully he can put it together at PGA National. Uh, two other guys, well, I think um, have a chance also. Brian Gay. Uh, three other guys. I said. Brian Gay, Kevin Streelman, and um, – Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley's been playing some really good golf as of late, and you know he generally plays well in the Florida swing. So I, I can definitely see him um, finishing inside the top ten. And you know Brian Gay, this is a good course for a guy like him. He won at Bermuda, so it's definitely if the winds are picking up, um, we can see a guy like Brian Gay or Luke Donald um, flashing up the leaderboard. Uh, for sure has, you know, I mean, cause the part the par is going to be a good score if, if the winds are up. Yeah. And definitely watch out for Daniel Berger. He yeah. won the Pebble beach and he's a local guy in uh in West Palm. So I'm sure he'll play well. There's a lot of good players this week. A lot of guys who can contend. Um, so we'll see. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll produce as it always does. The bear trap is always a great finish. Definitely one of the best on tour. Um, so you know, that, that'll hopefully provide for a, a, you know, an interesting finish to this event. But uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed. Like we always say, you can find us on all platforms. And if you cannot find us, that is your problem. So yes, sir. Uh, without further ado, we are going to wrap this up. And thank you all for listening. We will see you again next week. Hopefully wrapping up an amazing Honda Classic.